All right, folks, as we draw near to another critical election, it's not only about casting your vote, it's about elevating your voice, making your voice be heard. AMAC is more than just a senior discount organization. They unite like-minded patriots like you and I, committed to preserving our cherished values and actively opposing the leftist agenda that's sweeping across America. Just look at their recent victories. AMAC members helped to push forward an investigation into practices that inflate drug prices. They successfully defeated ranked choice voting in order to protect traditional voting methods, and they've also helped block a federal takeover of elections. As AMAC's membership grows, Washington is listening. Every new member strengthens this movement. If you love America, visit AMAC, A-M-A-C dot U-S slash Just News to become a four-year member for just $30. That's a great discount. AMAC is not only better for America, it's better for you. Membership gives you access to the AMAC magazine, free Social Security and Medicare guidance, money-saving discounts, trusted news, sweepstakes, and so much more. It's a community, not a service. Take advantage of our election year sale, four years for just $30 at AMAC. By joining over 2 million Americans, they can't ignore your voice in Washington anymore. Join now at AMAC, A-M-A-C dot U-S slash Just News. That's A-M-A-C dot U-S forward slash Just News. Hello, America, and happy Friday. What a week it has been. History continues to unfold by the minute. Yes, the raid on the Mar-a-Lago estate of former President Donald Trump continues to resonate. Merrick Garland had to come out and make a statement yesterday to confirm what we all knew when I reported on Wednesday. He personally approved the subpoena, undercutting some of the other news media that had that story wrong, particularly Newsweek. That story really got misleading for a couple days. We're going to get you up quickly to speed on all of the developments on that front. But before we do that, I want to get you a little bit up to speed on some of the fun stuff that we are going to be doing over the next couple of days. We've got a great set of interviews today. First off, I'm going to introduce you to a candidate that a lot of Republicans are excited about. She's a nurse, the wife of a wounded warrior hero. In fact, the first military officer to be allowed to continue serving as a military officer while blind. And then she became an advocate for veterans at the VA under President Trump. And now she is the Republican nominee for the Senate seat in Washington state running against Patty Murray. Tiffany Smiley is going to join us. She has an amazing story going from nurse to wounded warrior, family caregiver to VA advocate to now a candidate with a significant opportunity to take on one of the giants in the Senate. Patty Murray's been there a very long time. And one of the big things is Tiffany Smile's been raising a ton of money and she's getting the NRC to commit a lot of money to spend in her race. That is a sign that they think that race might become competitive. We're going to talk to her. You're going to get to meet her for the first time. Really delightful story. And one of those new faces coming into politics in the midterm elections of 2022. And then we're going to talk a little bit more about the IRS. Yeah, 87,000 new agents, $80 billion in new enforcement money. We had a great story this morning with my colleague, Aaron Kliegman. Please check it out at Justin. It's such an important story that 60% of the audits that the IRS did, according to Syracuse University's track unit, that's the unit that collects the data on this, went to people making less than $25,000. Basically, people that are earning the earned income tax credit. Uh, And meanwhile, according to the GAO, Aaron found out, audits of millionaires were going down. So we're getting people the least amount of money and doing that. And then if you want to ask this question, 
Here's an important one. How much does it cost? If you're an everyday American, you get an audit notice, you got to take time off from work. You got to get your accountant, maybe you got to get a lawyer, might have to go get documents or work with the bank. The average audit for an everyday American, if they are audited by the IRS, guess what the amount is? Three to $5,000 out of your pocket. Even if you don't do anything wrong, you have to spend that. All of that is in this great story by Aaron Kligman. But our second guest, Steve Hayes, is the leader of the fair tax movement, an idea of going to a fair flat tax, not having all the deductions, not having all the audits. You make X, you pay Y. It's that simple. We're going to ask him about all of the stirrings of the IRS, the hirings, the new enforcement money, the Republican response to it, the Democrat response to it, the statistics. Why are the lowest end of the income chain getting the most audits? I don't understand that, but he'll make sense of it because he's an expert. That's our show today. Really looking forward to it. Now, before we do that, I want to bring you up to speed on some of the big stories. Yes, yesterday I broke the story about the grand jury subpoena, President Trump, the voluntary cooperation at Mar-a-Lago back in June. The New York Times, Washington Post, they broke that story, caught up to us today, and they credited us. A big thank you to the New York Times and the Washington Post for acknowledging just the news for breaking a really big story like that. But there's still follow-up. And as I said at the beginning, Attorney General Garland came out yesterday, three, four days after the raid and said, hey, I'm not going to say anything because we don't talk publicly about cases. We talk in the courts. We let our work in the courts speak for ourselves. But I will tell you two things. I did approve the raid. We knew that because I reported that. And why? It's because the Attorney General guidelines required the Attorney General to sign off on something like raiding a potential presidential candidate. Uh, And then two, Everything else, I'm open to releasing the search warrant document if the president's okay. The president responded a little bit later saying, yep, let's get that document out there. So both sides agree. We'll probably see the search warrant uh, uh, search warrant itself released in the next 24 to 72 hours. We'll see what happens. Now, I want to go back and just talk about one thing the attorney general says, because it always sounds good when an attorney general says something like, You know what? We only talk in court. We don't leak here at the Justice Department. I don't talk about ongoing cases. And by the way, that should be the rule of the Justice Department. Bill Barr, I think, adhered to that quite a bit. But Attorney General Garland clearly is adhering that about any questions involving Hunter Biden and about Donald Trump. Interesting. But I will say this. He didn't adhere to it, nor did the FBI Director Chris Wray, when it comes to January 6th. These two men have given speeches, congressional testimony, where they answer detailed questions. They actually divulge statistics about work that is covered by the secrecy of a grand jury subpoena. Not making that up. I document it for you. In fact, at one point, Chris Wray in congressional testimony, when a Republican says, can you comment that you have the laptop of Hunter Biden, which, by the way, has been confirmed by even Hunter Biden himself, Chris Ray says, I, I can't, Republican senator, I think it was Marshall Blackburn, I can't tell you about that. We don't talk about ongoing investigation. All right. Is he consistent? No, because when he was asked by a Democratic senator a year earlier, hey, uh, are there going to be some superseding indictments coming up about a group in my back of the woods? I think it was Amy Klobuchar asking, hey, are the Proud Boys likely to see superseding indictments? You're not supposed to talk about an indictment that might come down the road. Chris Ray said, yeah, there's some things going on. He even uses the word superseding indictments. So he had no problem answering that question, but turning down the Republican on something that's already in the public domain and could be acknowledged. Likewise, Merrick Garland, tight-lipped on Hunter Biden, tight-lipped on the Trump raid, saying that's his standard. But last month, when NBC's Lester Hull said, hey, could the president be indicted? Could he be charged? Would you consider it even if he ran for president? Now, a normal trained prosecutor would say, you know, I won't talk about any 
specific person. We can't talk about any specific person. I can tell you generic, anyone involved. Merrick Garland did not put that qualification. He answered the Trump question. And he said flatly, I got read what he said. We intend to hold everyone, anyone who is criminally responsible for the events surrounding January 6th for any attempt to interfere with the lawful transfer of power that one administration to another, and we're going to hold them accountable. That's what we do. He did answer it. He said, hey, the president could be if he's involved in it. And when he followed up, he answered it again. All right, so he had no problem talking about a prospective charge against a defendant who's not yet a defendant, right? But I'm going to give you another thing. In a speech on the one-year anniversary of the January 6th Capitol riot, the Attorney General provided exact numbers about the evidence gathered under subpoenas. He said there were 5,000 subpoenas, 2,000 devices that were obtained, 20,000 hours of video footage, 15 terabytes of data collected. All of those details are covered by grand jury secrecy. He had no problem talking. I'm not suggesting that the Attorney General uh, violate any laws. I'm saying that the Attorney General can release things about subpoenas and grand juries when he wants to, because he has, and then claim, oh, I don't do it for Donald Trump. It's a dual system of silence. One way silent and very different another thing. A lot of willingness by Justice Department and FBI officials to give really a lot of detail about the ongoing investigations of January 6th and then clamming up when it comes to Donald Trump and Hunter Biden, which we all believe should be have some answers to at this point years into the investigation. All right, that's the point I want to make. We're going to take a quick commercial break. When we come back, first up, Tiffany Smiley, the Republican nominee for U.S. Senate in the great state of Washington. And then we're going to finish up the day with Steve Hayes talking about all things IRS right after this commercial break. Hey, folks, have you heard of cancer-fighting foods? The American Cancer Society discovered diets rich in fruits and vegetables may actually lower your risk of cancer. Think about that for a second. That's really important. Hopefully you hear this and run to the store for five servings of fruits and vegetables every day. But if you're like me, you probably don't have the time to do that, right? So maybe you should consider adding Field of Greens to your daily health regimen. Each fruit and veggie in Field of Greens was doctor selected for studied health benefits. There's a heart health group, lungs, kidneys, and metabolism groups, even healthy weight. What your body needs is in each scoop of delicious Field of Greens. I take it every day. Sometimes I put it in a shake. Sometimes I put it in my egg white omelet in the morning. Field of Greens can help prevent, treat, and cure cancer? No, but it can powerfully help you out at your next checkup. Your doctor will notice your improved health or you're gonna get your money back. Here's the most amazing thing about it. I started using Field of Greens a year ago. My cholesterol is down, my blood sugar is down, my weight's down, my health is up, my sleeping patterns are better, my metabolism is up. If you wanna experience what I've experienced, go check out Field of Greens. Jump into the ring here. You're going to get an enormous benefit. And it's so simple. Single scoop, a couple of seconds, healthy lifestyle all day long. Now, thanks to our good friends at Brickhouse Nutrition, Field of Greens is going to give you a 15% off discount plus free rush shipping. All you got to do is go to fieldofgreens.com and use the promo code JUSTNEWS for your discount. That's promo code JUSTNEWS at fieldofgreens.com. Fieldofgreens.com, promo code JUSTNEWS. Go check it out. Hey folks, have you heard of cancer-fighting foods? The American Cancer Society discovered diets rich in fruits and vegetables may actually lower your risk of cancer. Think about that for a second. That's really important. Hopefully you hear this and run to the store for five servings of fruits and vegetables every day. But if you're like me, you probably don't have the time to do that, right? So maybe you should consider adding Field of Greens to your daily health regimen. Each fruit and veggie in Field of Greens was doctor-selected 
for studied health benefits. There's a heart health group, lungs, kidneys, and metabolism groups, even healthy weight. What your body needs is in each scoop of delicious Field of Greens. I take it every day. Sometimes I put it in a shake. Sometimes I put it in my egg white omelet in the morning. Field of Greens can help prevent, treat, and cure cancer? No, but it can powerfully help you out at your next checkup. Your doctor will notice your improved health or you're gonna get your money back. Here's the most amazing thing about it. I started using Field of Greens a year ago. My cholesterol is down, my blood sugar is down, my weight's down, my health is up, my sleeping patterns are better, my metabolism is up. If you wanna experience what I've experienced, go check out Field of Greens. Jump into the ring here. You're going to get an enormous benefit. And it's so simple. Single scoop, a couple of seconds, healthy lifestyle all day long. Now, thanks to our good friends at Brickhouse Nutrition, Field of Greens is going to give you a 15% off discount plus free rush shipping. All you got to do is go to fieldofgreens.com and use the promo code JUSTNEWS for your discount. That's promo code JUSTNEWS at fieldofgreens.com. Fieldofgreens.com, promo code JUSTNEWS. Go check it out. All right, folks, welcome back for the commercial break. Uh, as you know, there have been the sort of the last round of big primaries rounding up. Washington State had them. An exciting new candidate, now the nominee for U.S. Senate in the state of Washington, Tiffany Smiley, a college-educated nurse and a really super powerful personal story. And now, once again, diving into public service by running for the U.S. Senate, Tiffany Smiley joins us right now. Tiffany, welcome to the show for the first time. Hi, John. Thanks for having me on. Really excited to be on with you. You're going up against the giant now, Senator Patty Murray, a long-held member of the Senate, but you have a lot of momentum. This victory in the primary really seems to get people excited. 331,000 votes in the primary. That's big. What do you think is going on and what do you think your chances are in the fall? Yes, you know, I'm excited because when I got into this race 16 months ago, I had zero name recognition in Washington State. Far as politics, you know, I'm a political outsider. I'm a first time candidate. Um, but I wanted to, I got out early because I wanted to listen to, you know, Washington voters. I've been in all 39 counties, I've been in many of them multiple times at this point, listening to, you know, what, what families are facing, what parents are facing, what single moms are facing, what small business owners are having to face, and, and really listening and taking those. Um, issues and and deliver you know talking about how we can deliver on on those issues that Washington voters are facing. Um, in addition to that, we have raised over eight million dollars. That's impressive. Yes, yes, you know, and, and in here in Washington State, that's what's amazing. I I am funded by the people of Washington State, um, and we're just getting going. This is just the be- beginning. I'm very happy about where our campaign is. Um, and heading into the general, we have the energy, we have the momentum and a clear path to victory behind us uh, and coming coming here in November. Uh, it's so exciting. And you have every so often, once or twice a year, you run into someone and say, what an amazing personal story. So you grow up on a farm in rural Washington, yep. you're going to nursing school, you're a nurse, you're, you're working here, and then all of a sudden, your extraordinary husband who's serving his country in Iraq, tell us what happened in the April of 2005. Yes. You know, it totally changed our life. I, you know, I just wanted to be a nurse. I just wanted to help people. Um, And that's exactly what I did. I played sports growing up and earned, um, you know, scholarships and college to help pay for it, to help pay for that path and um, earned my bachelor's in science and nursing and thought, you know, it was sort of the picture of the American dream. I was a nurse. 
My husband, Scotty, was a uh, newly commissioned officer from the United States Military Academy. My new last name was Smiley. Um, it doesn't get very much more American dreamish than that. And and I thought I would have this great career in nursing and right. being a military spouse and getting, you know, to travel all over in service to our country. And all of that changed. Um, April 6th of 2005 completely changed our lives. Um, I received the horrific phone call that, that, you know, all military families dread. I was actually woken out of bed before my nursing shift and informed that Scotty had come face to face with a suicide car bomb while serving in Mosul, mm. Iraq. Um, and he was negotiating with this terrorist and, and this terrorist tried to kill him. Instead of killing him, it took his eyes. And at the time, I didn't know if he would, would survive. I mean, I got right. the call saying he's flatlined several times. We just loaded him on a Black Hawk helicopter and hopefully someone calls you from Balad, Iraq. Um, there's nothing you can do. You can't go see them. You right. can't talk to them. It's it's tragic. It, it's it's seri- it's truly a nightmare. And um, I I made a couple decisions. You know that day I resigned from my nursing job and I bought a one way flight out to Walter Reed Army Medical Center um, to be there when he arrived. I didn't know if I was going to greet him dead or alive, but I was going to be there. And thank goodness I was a nurse. Um, and Scotty says that all the time. He says, you know, Tiffany saved my life. I wish, you know, more veterans can't, coming back had a nurse advocate right by their side. Uh, he said, she, she saved my life. I went to fight for him and be a voice for him when he didn't have one. I took on the Army. I believed in something better for Scotty. I believed in a holistic approach to his healing. And, you know, they brought me in a room and said, sign this paperwork. Let's get him transitioned into the VA. And, you know, his military career is over. And I thought, no way. Like in some regards, <laughs> you I meant knew. it too. It's clear you meant it because you won. <laughs> I did. I won. I did. You know, I say when I walked into that room, I had zero percent chance of keeping my husband on active duty and and continuing his service as a you know the first blind active duty officer. So I like my shot in Washington State a lot better. <laughs> I actually have a have a percentage here to win. So. Um, but it just truly, you know, as a nurse, I knew like signing that it was in some regarded death sentence. Like we didn't want to hand out, hand out. We just wanted to hand up. You know, I wanted to know that Scotty would have life, liberty and the pursuit of happiness. Um, I, I, I just walked in and told him he would never see again. I did not want to walk in and tell him I just signed the paperwork that resigned him from the very job that gave him purpose. Um, so it took on the army and once Scotty became the first blind active duty officer to ever serve our country. And that's really when my fight began, um, and standing up and, and, you know, as a nurse, it's like once Scotty was well, I knew I wanted to go back and make it right for everyone else. Wow. Amazing. And you didn't stop even after you fought for everything your husband, Scotty needed. And by the way, he went back, he became the first blind commissioned officer, right? Isn't that true? The first in the military's history. Amazing. Yeah, <laughs> it had never been done before. So we wow. li- we lived it, you know, had a very unique military career. Yeah, and well, I know he's gotten a lot of compliments from some of the biggest and most famous people in the world, including one of the greatest basketball coaches of all time, Mike Krzyzewski. So yes. you know he's inspired a lot of people when he gets to chefs, Coach K's level. So really remarkable <laughs> to, to see that. So you do this, then you, you work inside the VA, right, to try to create reform and growth during the Trump years. What was that like, getting to see the bureaucracy uh, from the inside? Oh, my goodness. You know, that's when it really, it just opened up my eyes. I mean, prior prior to really doing work on the VA, any opportunity I had, I, I would go to Capitol Hill and take meetings with anyone who would take a meeting with me. And really, what I saw... 
Um, you know, and I think it's a part of the reason why our country is sort of facing what we are facing today is um, career politicians who are more interested in their special interest agenda and their job security and their reelection than they were just doing what's right for the for the American people. Um, it was a short sighted vision, right? Um, that's cost us some bad policy. And um, I saw that on a really real level. So it made me mad because of what our family has sacrificed and had to fight through. And, you know, Scotty's never seen our beautiful children's faces. They were all born after he was blind. And so it made me mad, but it, but it also emboldened me to never, ever stop fighting. So, um, you know, President Trump put veterans on the top of his list and he meant it. There's a lot of people who say that they do, but but they don't do anything. You take Patty Murray, for example. She's been there for 30 years. And, and I, I'm talking to veterans, you know, and I'm like, if she hasn't been able to fix it in 30 years, why do we think she's going to fix it in the next six? I mean, like, this is pathetic lip service. So I, I you know, I, it was great to work with the Trump administration on meaningful VA reform. Not only that, you know, I was able to work Senator Cotton on it, the secretary of the VA at the time, um, and really pass meaningful reforms that directly help injured veterans and veterans and their families. Because I think it's important to know it's not just the veteran, it affects the whole family. Um, you know, I, I gave up many hours of and my career and my time because Scotty needed me. He needed rides to doctor's appointments. He needed help navigating the bureaucrat, bureaucratic red tape archaic system that needs to absolutely be changed. Yeah, amazing. So I think at this point, I would check the box and said, I did everything I could possibly do. You have three kids. You got your husband back on his feet. He's flourishing in his career again. You're trying to fix your VA. What gave you the idea? Well, no, I'll just go take on Patty Murray now. Let's, let's go after the next mountain. Uh, that's a pretty, that's a pretty bold move. What, what inspired you to do that? Yeah, you know, I was 11 years old here in Washington State when Patty Murray was first elected. So, truly, in in my work and just advocating in our free time, I, I saw the power of you know building coalitions, bringing people together for one vision, one goal to deliver results. And when I look at Washington State and you and you look at where we're at, um, I thought, you know, we ha we have so much more to be fighting for. Um, I'm a mom of three young boys, and I am I am worried about their future in Washington State in this country. I mean, I think it's clear Patty Murray is not our future. Um, and for me and Scotty, we want to know in 10, 20 years that our three boys have a country worth losing their eyesight for. Um, our family will not sit on the sidelines and watch Patty Murray phone it in for another six years on our dime, not on our watch. Um, we need leadership. We need uh, service over self and those that are willing to go put country over party to do what's right. I mean, here in Washington State, you know, you just doesn't take much to go out and realize that we are under the thumb of bad policy. It's inhumane what is happening in our streets with the homeless crisis and the drug crisis. Um, inflation, you know, skyrocketing inflation. Patty Murray has no plan to combat that. I don't think she's met a tax hike that she does not like. Um, and all of us are paying for it. And we, quite frankly, we can't afford six more years of Patty Murray. Well, I knew the first time I heard your name because it was about a year ago. And it was, it, I was on the weekend, I was thumbing through the Washington Post, which I have to do here. And all of a sudden, I saw this headline in the opinion pages Patty Murray shouldn't dismiss. 
Tiffany yeah. Smiley lightly. And I thought, wait a second, that's the Washington Post saying that. Wait a second, what's going on here? And uh, a year later, I, I, actually 18 months later now, it's got to be about 18 months because it was in the spring of last year. I think I understand why. You're raising money. You're cutting into her lead. You're talking about issues that she's very vulnerable on, particularly veterans, on taxes and spend. And now people say, okay, all right, great. And I know this may be a red wave here, but this is Patty Murray, Washington State, no chance. The NRC just put a big bet down on you. They don't bet on races where they don't think the contender has a chance. They spare every dollar for where they think they can win. It seems like the NRC thinks they got something going on with you here. Tell us a little bit about what that's like when you know the main machine arm behind Republican senators is going to get into your race. Yeah, you know, I didn't get into this race expecting anyone to come in and help me. I just got into this race because it was the right thing to do. And I, you know, at the end of the day, me and Scotty have always had to depend on ourselves um, and, and doing what's right and building coalitions. So I knew, you know, I'm going to run this campaign just like we've, you know, took on the Army, just like we took on the VA to build coali- coalitions. Um, you know, build, I wanted to build from Washington state up to be a voice for Washington state. So I knew, you know, Chairman Rick Scott, I think we were heading into um, December and he said, you know what, you need to watch Washington state. He just said it, you know, Tiffany Smiley in Washington state. That's when I knew we have a real grassroots movement going on here. And look, I'm going up against, you know, a career politician, Patty Murray, who's been absent, who's out of touch, who I'm hearing all over Washington state, you know, people are saying, where did she go? And does she care about us anymore? Um, You know, we have quite the contrast going on um, here. We, and, and it's like, you know, she just, she's not around. She's out of touch. Um, She's, you know, forgotten about Washington state um, and is a, you know, rubber stamp for Joe Biden. Um, they have a combined, Joe Biden and Patty Murray have a combined 80 years in government. Wow. And like, are we any better off? That's what I ask in every room. Are we any better off? And unfortunately, we are not. Um, so, you know, I, I'm excited. We're, I, I always say we're just getting going because we're continuing to raise good money. In fact, I even out fundraised Patty Murray. First quarter of 2022, I out fundraised her. I matched her second quarter. And then out fund raised her in our pre-primary filing as well. So that shows the momentum, you know, the people, the momentum is on our side. I'm very grateful for the help of, you know, NRSC coming in and helping us share our message, helping, helping hold Patty Murray accountable. Because really, that's what this comes down to. Patty Murray's never been held accountable for her failed policy policies. You know, she has only passed nine of her spons- 551 sponsored bills. She's only passed nine in her 30 years in the Senate. Wow. I didn't know that. That's amazing. That's not a record that she's going to want to have to answer to, I don't think. And that's why she came out attacking me two months prior to the primary. That's, you know, I tell the news media outlets out here, I say, that is a bad look. You've been in the Senate for 30 years, and and the first thing you do is come out attacking Tiffany Smiley, a political outsider, uh, first-time candidate, two months prior to the primary. She should be coming back and sharing all of the policies that she's delivered on and how she's helped us here in Washington State. But she can't. Uh, it's another thing that's happened in, through her entire career. I've been have a lot of done a lot of work on this as a reporter. But one of the great environmental and health challenges in all the state of Washington is the Hanford Superfund site. 
it seems like they can't ever get it right. It's been 20, 30 years and Patty Murray's been presiding over it. They still have these extraordinary problems. She was back trying to explain why this energy secretary couldn't fix what the other senator couldn't fix. It's a great symbol of failure that a 30-year U.S. senator can't clean up the single most important Superfund site in her state. Do people, do things like that resonate when they look through and say, listen, we're talking about the same issues when we elected her. What's going on here? Yes, no, you're exactly right. And that's the contrast that we have. Um, and, and you know, the vision and plan that we have going into this general election is making that clear and, and reminding the voters of these failures, reminding the voters that, you know, over 30 years, nothing has truly been accomplished. Um, so that's the task that we have ahead of us. And um, yeah, it's like, let's, she's so partisan too, right? Such a partisan uh, political figure. And, and people are tired of that. People want someone who will go deliver results, work across the aisle, get work done and deliver results. Um, and and that, that's clear all across Washington state. Yeah, and I think another thing that's really interesting, I've covered politics for a little over 35 years now, and it's clear right now, about once every 20, 30 years, you see an election on one side or the other where there's a changing of the guard. And the Democrats aren't changing guard. They're going to go into this battle with the same old crowd, Patty Murray and Nancy Pelosi and Chuck Schumer, who we've, I swear I've been there since I was in diapers. I've been covering them. But on the Republican side, there's this extraordinary amount of energy of like new people. You look at Arizona, Abe Hamada just came out of the military. Attorney General, one of the most exciting new figures that Arizona has seen. Carrie Lake. You look across Joe Kent, right, in your home state. Big win this past weekend. There is a lot of new young faces with people who haven't aspired to be career politicians. They just want to come in and fix a country that they love. That contrast in a year where the pocketbook is probably going to be the dominant issue. How does that change? I mean, that's a, I think voters are just looking for, I need something fresh. I need something new. This seems like one of those elections. When you're out talking to people, do you get that sense that they're willing to vote for change just because change feels like what we need? Yeah, but yes, exactly. That That is certainly what I'm hearing. But unfortunately, it's really, you know, it's, it's people on fixed income who are having to decide, do I put gas in my car? Or do I buy a gallon of milk? And I, I've heard people say, you know, I, I didn't leave the Democrat Party. The Democrat Party's left me. Um, and and they want change they, because there's no there's no solution in sight. You know, Patty Murray's not coming back here and offering a solution to help combat this and, and solve their problems. Um, she just wants to tax and spend more. And quite frankly, she's just non-existent. I think it's important to note, you know, these you're, you're talking about these new fresh faces, you know, these sort of like political outsiders. Um, what I don't understand is we have to hold our elected officials accountable. I don't know why Patty Murray hasn't doesn't hold 10 town hall meetings a, a year. That, that should be a standard. I mean, I look forward to doing that when when the Washington voters put confidence in me to serve them. That's what this is. And I will be glad to, to do 10 town halls a year in different corners of Washington state. I mean, that should be an absolute standard. People haven't seen Patty all over Washington state. Um, and, and I think she's forgotten that she serves we the people. Yeah, it, it is. It seems like some of these veteran politicians, they substitute polling for actually getting out and meeting the real people because it's easier and cheaper. They can stay more time in Washington where they get all their fun and their donations from. Getting back in touch with people seems to be one of the things that everyday Americans want. They, they're demanding, hey, pay attention to me for once. 
What are you hearing on the ground? This seems like a pocketbook election. Patty Murray's talking about abortion. You're talking about kitchen table issues. What do you think the voter in Washington state is going to be making their mind up when they pull that lever? Yeah, it is. It's the pocketbook. It's also here in Washington state um, crime. I mean, we have the highest crime that we've had in 30 years. Unfortunately, you know, Patty Murray went on the Senate floor June of 2020. She called her funds to be diverted away from the police force. And then she went into hiding and no one saw her as our cities were ravished. Crime dripped out into our, you know, smaller um, communities here in Washington state. We lost police force. Um, you know, there's no in, in Seattle area. There um, is not enough staff to even investigate sexual assaults. I mean, this is what's going on. We, we have uh, homeless, you know, all over the streets um, who are doing drugs and committing crimes. And it's inhumane. It breaks my heart um, that we allow this, that we're okay with this. Um, and it's not just crime. It, it's having, it's the crime that's also having a massive economic effect um, on our small businesses. You know, one small business owner in Seattle just started recording every day. Um, you know, he tells people, you know, can you get away from my door doing your drugs? They're doing meth. They're doing fentanyl. Um, he's cleaning up garbage. He's having to help move bodies of every morning, every morning. And, um, you know, you see it. Amazon moved their offices out of Seattle. Uh, Starbucks just shut down multiple stores. I'm talking to small business owners who are saying, you know, I, I can't retain employees because they're, they're coming and working, but they're saying, I didn't come here to chase down a shopster. <laughs> I just wanted to do my job. You know, they're spending hundreds of thousands of dollars on security cameras. Um, so it's, it, we need law and order. We need to keep our, our streets safe. I mean, this is deeply affecting Washington State. And Patty Murray's been silent on this issue. If you can't feel comfortable, right, that your kid yeah. can even play in the backyard without something bad happening, you know we're not the America we grew up in. I mean, we were much safer when you and I grew up. There's no doubt about it. Yep. Yeah, yep. It's really amazing. Really fascinating. Tiff, we only got a few minutes left here. Real quickly, how do people follow what you're doing, get involved? You still got some room to make up in the polls. I know you're surging. How can people get involved in the fight if they want? Yes, I always say, you know, if you want to help help me hold Joe Biden and Patty Murray accountable for their failed policies, come join us at smileyforwashington.com. All spelled out. Be a part of this movement. Help us, you know, like I was saying in the beginning, you know, help us hold Patty Murray accountable and begin to share that message across Washington State because it really hasn't been shared before. She's um, this is probably the toughest race of her career. Actually, I know it is. Um, so this is our opportunity to turn the tide. Um, it will take each and every one of us. So if anyone wants to support us, join us at smileyforwashington.com. Check out that site. It's got some great bio stuff. And what I really like about it, you've got your issues really laid out. Very substantive issue platform. A lot of candidates don't have that. You really see where you stand on all the issues. That's really, really important for people. You get the sense of why you want to be a problem solver. You already got the solutions to the problems you're trying to tackle. Great stuff. Tiffany, we hope to get you on again before the election. Great story. My best to your amazing husband and a great thank you to his service and your service because both of you have made this country better. So thanks for joining us. Yes. Thank you, John. All right. We'll talk real soon. All right, folks, we're going to take a quick commercial break. We'll be right back after these messages. Hey, folks, if you're a homeowner and you're like me, you want to protect your home, right? But when's the last time you checked on the title to your home? If you never have, listen to this. A new report on homeowners shows we all now have $16 trillion in equity. That's an all-time high in America. That's why you need protection from a scam the FBI calls house stealing. 
That's when the equity in all of our homes is the target, sadly, of scammers. If nobody's watching the title to your home, these scammers can transfer your title to their name, take out loans, and your equity could be gone. Poof, gone. You have to protect your equity from this despicable crime right now with triple lock protection from my good friends at HomeTitleLock.com. The first step is to check on your home's title to see if it's still in your name. Sign up with your address at HomeTitleLock.com and be sure to use the promo code JUSTNEWS. They're going to send you a complete title scan of your home's title in your first 30 days of triple lock home title protection. That's legendary protection, by the way. It's free. HomeTitleLock.com. Use the promo code JUSTNEWS. One more time. Go to HomeTitleLock.com today and protect your most important asset, the equity in your home. Achieving a gorgeous grin from home isn't a total mystery with Bite Clear Aligners. Just don't be surprised if all of your sleuthing friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Bite Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. All right, folks, welcome back for the commercial break. I know you're going to say it's not April 15th. I don't want to talk about the IRS taxes. We've got to. Listen, there's a lot going on in Washington. We're bulking up the IRS. It's soon going to be much larger as an enforcement agency than the FBI, the Customs and Border Patrol, Border Protection Agency. And people are saying, well, why are we making the IRS any bigger? What's going on? Our next guest is a perfect person to answer that question. He is the chairman and president of the group known as Fairtax. He is Stephen Hayes. Steve, great to have you on the show today. John, it's wonderful to be with you. Thank you for having me. Now, before we get started, for people who don't know the mission of Fairtax, such an important group, influential in Washington and on tax debates, but just introduce people who might be hearing about it for the first time. What does Fairtax do? Well, the Fairtax is a proposal. It's a, It's been in a bill in Congress for the last 22 years. And basically, we are proposing that we eliminate the federal income tax. We eliminate funding for Social Security through the payroll tax. You get your whole paycheck. And we replace all of that with a national retail sales tax on new retail goods, not used, but new goods, and retail services. So instead of keeping receipts, filling out forms, having to get all this information from the banks and everything about, you know, your 1099s or K1s or whatever, all that goes away. And what you do is you pay your taxes when you make a retail purchase. If you go to Walmart, you're going to pay a 23% national tax on the purchases you make. But remember, you had all of your money from your paycheck. And today, when you go to Walmart, you say, well, I'm not paying that tax today. But actually, you are, because the only money you have to spend is the money left over after payroll taxes are taken out and income taxes. So you're probably paying it. It's just disguised. So we're saying get rid of all this mess don't need an IRS. The states will collect it and remit it. No forms. All you have to do is pay the tax when you purchase a new good. If you purchase a used good, you don't pay any tax. 
It's gaining popularity, too. Every day I talk to people and say, you know what? I'm just done with this system. It's a gotcha system. It's so complicated. You need a rocket science PhD to even understand the rules. The code gets an inch thicker every year, it seems like. So you can understand why people love to hear about the Fairtex. It's just simple. You can't cheat on it. It's pretty simple. And it doesn't spend a lot of our time figuring out what to do. That's why I think people really like it. Now, I want to get down to the the last couple of weeks because there's been more talk about the IRS in August than I could ever remember in my lifetime. Normally, we were just talking about it and lamenting it in March and April when we're doing our taxes. But this Inflation Reduction Act, which, by the way, doesn't reduce inflation, but that's okay. Well, that's for another subject. 87,000 new agents, $80 billion more in enforcement money. Your thoughts, why do we need an IRS that's that much more bloated? And who's going to be the ultimate recipient of all this extra attention that the IRS seems to be ready to give? Yes. (laughs) Well, it's certainly not going to be the 650 or so billionaires. Yeah. It's, It's going to be, as it has been in the past, primarily on people making under 200,000, and over half of the audits in the past, which will probably continue the same way, are going to be under $75,000 of income. So you've got a huge focus that's going to come in. But what I think is also going to happen, though, John, is they're going to step up what is already common, and that is when they bring in these (laughs) new agents who will be auditing you, Many of them will have no formal training in accounting. They, they're hiring people with fine arts degrees and giving them 16 hours of accounting training and, and sending them out to taxpayers. And basically, what you've got is a system where you're going to have a lot of arbitrary assessments. They come in and they do an audit and they say, we're going to disallow these $5,000 of deductions. And you go, why? And they say, well, we just are. And so you go to your tax advisor and you say, what do I do? And he says, well, it's going to cost you another $1,500 or $2,000 in tax. Pay it. What? That's wrong. I don't owe it. No, you don't. But it's going to cost you five dollars to $10,000 to fight it. So just pay it and get it off your plate. Legalized extortion. We've got a system that encourages that type of attitude in the audit. They don't get rewarded for saying, oh, John, those are really good deductions (laughs) and go back with no change. They get rewarded, even though it's not supposed to be, but by collecting more revenue for the government. And that's why you're going to see this. And honestly, John, the only way to prop up a system that has over a trillion dollars, the IRS admits it's closer to a trillion and a half, we think, of evasion, meaning taxes that should be paid that aren't being paid, is to greatly increase the number of audits to try to scare people and extort money. And that's also why they wanted to get every financial institution reporting on all of the ins and outs of our bank accounts and our stock market accounts, because they're trying desperately to prop up a corrupt system that nobody understands, and it's totally unnecessary. And it's just about squeezing as much revenue out of the American people as they can get, because they keep spending it, and they're spending it much faster than they're collecting the revenue. So it's an amazing dynamic to even watch. The IRS is an interesting institution when it comes to the audits, and I'm going to get to some statistics in a second that a lot of people don't know about. It's really amazing. 
It's the one agency where the assumption of an audit is you did something wrong and you have to prove to us you didn't. The assumption of innocence doesn't apply the same way it does in a court proceeding, for instance. How did we get to a system where you have to prove you didn't do something wrong as opposed to the government saying we believe you did something wrong? Well, only we got there because that was the only way to collect the money. I mean, let's just be blunt. It was because at this point in time, when they do that, the Supreme Court has ruled that only in criminal proceedings do they have to prove it. In civil proceedings, they can make allegations. They can do it. You know, police can lie to a suspect. No problem at all. Uh, there's lots of things that are permissible until you get into the actual proving of guilt. And that's a very rare thing. There was like 2,000 people prosecuted for tax fraud uh, last year. So you, almost everybody is working with the system. They're doing settlements. They're doing this. They had to prove beyond a reasonable doubt, John, they'd never collect a dime. Yeah. Except from withholding. Yeah, right. You'd get whatever you got, and then you'd file your thing, and they'd have to live with whatever you came up with. It's interesting I want to go to an interesting statistic. So there is a very respected data analysis unit at Syracuse University. It's called TRAC, or the Transactional Records Access Clearinghouse. They've been doing, grabbing government data from all the enforcement agencies and helping look for trends that maybe we can't see in the, the flood of data that the U.S. government is. This report was published in March. No one paid attention to it. It is incredibly powerful. The headline is, IRS continues targeting poorest families for more tax audits during fiscal year 2022, meaning during the first full year of, of Joe Biden's presidency. And what it found is that there were 132,922 audits of people earning less than $25,000 a year in total gross receipts. And that that was like a 25,000 case increase over the year before it seems like a low return on investment to go after people who make the least amount of money, hoping we can get just a little bit more out of them. What is going on here? Well, and, and it goes back to competency of the auditors. You know, can you imagine that a person who has had two weeks or three weeks of training and has maybe worked for the IS a few years goes in and, and goes up against some of these tax specialists who make a thousand, five thousand, even an hour. I mean, they're just, they're not, they're going to get eaten up. They're not going to get anywhere. So, but if they go after someone who's a single mother and trying to raise three kids, they're going to get something out of that mother because she can't afford to fight it and probably doesn't have the skills to fight it. So it's very easy picking for these people. And that's why so many of the audits are with people who are making minimal income up to 75,000, 51%. Why? Because they can't afford to pay a lot of money to a tax professional. They're not the billionaire. Can you imagine <laughs> how many people he has or she has yeah. working? This is a, it's a lunch money for them to go through. An yeah. Hour. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And so they spend a hundred thousand dollars in legal fees and they take a long time. But the other missing factor here, is that all these government agencies that do audits, I don't care if the SEC or anybody, they get a certain amount of time to do it in. And if it takes longer, it's basically a, you know, a, a negative on their record. They can go out and close 10 low-income audits 
in the time it would take him to close one audit of a $150,000 taxpayer who's got a CPA representative. So it's just a matter of here's how we can do it. You know, <laughs> we can go after these poor people that are defenseless and we can show that we're auditing people and we're collecting money. But it, it just points out the ludicrous situation that we as a people have allowed to continue of this income tax. It's only there because it gives Congress a lot of money and donations and a lot of control. Yeah, really remarkable. Now, let me ask you this. You're making $75,000 a year. You're an average American. You get uh, audit requests. You're going to have to take time off from work. You're going to probably have to get an accountant, get a lawyer. What is the average cost to an American if they get targeted for an audit and they're just an average Joe like you and me? Three to $5,000 minimal. Yeah. I mean, that's and that's just an estimate. It could be more. It depends on what's being questioned. See, some of these audits are not full-blown audits, you know, like they're not coming in and asking everything. They're saying, John, you have put in here, you made these charitable donations. Can you, you know, you have to prove that you did, that they are charities. Well, that's a bit different. But when they actually go through a full audit, then you're going to see an expense for the average person and quite honestly, most of them aren't going to be able to afford it. They're going to pay some minimal amount to someone whose skills may not be the highest to help them. And that's it. It's pretty remarkable. This is in a letter, May 17, 2022, to the chairman of the Subcommittee on Oversight on Ways and Means. So Congressman Bill Pasco, been in Congress a longtime Democrat. The GAO sent him a letter in May saying the audit rate dropped 75% under President Trump and Biden for people with individuals making more than $1 million. So the rich yep. are getting audited less while the poor are getting audited more. <laughs> Is there any philosophical or statistical or logical reason that could be the case? Not at all, John. I mean, it is. It, he's pointing out something that is so much on its face a reason to get rid of the system. It's just unbelievable. Like with the fair tax, we exempt the purchases of a family of four of $34,000. So they go out and they buy $34,000 and they don't have any fair tax. Today, that same family, they're going to probably look for the earned income credit. They're going to have to pay Social Security taxes. 7.65% of whatever they make, they're going to be subject to the taxes. They're going to have to file a return. They get the money back at the in January of the next year. I mean, it is absolutely stupid. Our credit is every month. They can go out and spend $2,500 a month and not pay a single dime in federal taxes. So what's better for the low income, the fair tax or the present system? Obviously, I'm <laughs> rhetorical question clear. yeah no listen it's just choice. common sense no it's it's yeah. <laughs> of course not everything is common sense in washington but in the real world people go well this is like an easy thing to figure out we're in a moment now where the irs is getting a lot of scrutiny there was this revelation yesterday that the hiring ads for irs agents and they've always done this but i think people waking up to it say you have to be prepared to use deadly force if you're going to be an irs yeah. agent uh <laughs> always scary when you think well wait they're, they're we're dealing with 
my tax account? Do I want to? I know obviously IRS agents get involved in criminal cases, and some criminals are bad people. So there are instances where IRS are part of task force where they're going after narco traffickers. But the idea that our first off, our IRS is buying a lot of ammunition. We've seen that. Matt Gates just put a bill in to say I want to stop the IRS from spending money on ammunition. Uh, and right. then you see this job posting. It kind of gives us the sense of a militant IRS that's behind this. May not be a complete accurate picture of what's going on, but I think the growing distrust of the American people, this agency and its bloating size. What is something, obviously a fair tax is one thing. It's still going to take some time, I think, to get Congress to absorb that. What are some short-term things that could be done to just create an IRS that makes Americans feel hey, they're being a little bit fairer to me, or a little bit fairer than me. What do you think could be done? <laughs> well, I, I think you need to have very, very strict guidelines for what the agents can and cannot do. I think one of the things that we used to do is we used to advise people to record the audit. You know, make a recording. They can't stop you and just record it. And then you get a lot of times you would get, you know, IRS agents who got really upset at that because they couldn't make threats, obviously, and then later deny them. They had to, you know, play by the book. So I think a lot of it is that. But but the real tragedy here, and I think, yes, most Americans will never see an armed IRS agent. That's totally true. But it's the idea that these people are going to be armed and might come after them if they get out of line that creates the whole atmosphere that some in Washington want to create. They want to make you afraid of your government. And because the IRS can come in and they, particularly for lower income people and 75 to $100,000 income people, and they can make your life so terrible They can put your home at risk. They can put all of your savings at risk. They can do all of these things, and you can maybe get it back. You can maybe win. But look at the cost, not only in cash, but time and anguish and everything. That's a huge threat that Washington has over the American people. I mean, so many of us. No, no, there used to be that sign with Uncle Sam pointing down, I want you. And of course, that meant, hey, you know, come serve the army, be part of it. But now it's sort of become a sign that there's all these agencies with million page code books and they're all coming to try to jam you up. And you're just trying to make a living, get your family going. That trust in government keeps eroding. The larger the government gets, it seems like the lower the satisfaction is with that government. Is there a generation of political leaders coming up on the left and right that maybe are inspired to change the size of government because it just hasn't worked? I think there is. I think more and more people are thinking outside of the box, as they say. They're looking at, well, this isn't working, whether it's education. You know, we have incredibly low education scores with spending more money than anybody else in the world on education, but we're getting a much lower product. Thinking out about other ways to educate kids there are many other ways to handle collecting taxes that make sense. The fair tax, I think, is the best one because we're talking about an indirect tax. We're not talking about where the government comes after John or Steve. 
we're talking about where Walmart <laughs> is the one the government looks to for taxes if they're not paid. And frankly, 92% of the retail sales taxes paid in this country are coming from less than 8% of the merchants, you know, the big box stores, the Amazon, the Walmart. They're not going to cheat. They're collecting the tax and they would remit it because they have everything tied to such elaborate computer systems. I don't even know if they could figure out how to cheat. So what you've got is a much higher collection. You've got, you know, the retail business person who now collects state sales taxes in 45 states would just add another button to collect the federal sales tax, the fair tax. It's so simple, John. And a lot of people are starting to look at it and say, we need to do things in this country that work for the people, not for the bureaucrats and the politicians. Yeah, that's it. That's the will of the people that has to get somehow reasserted in Washington because it always seems to be in the back seat these days. The the, the will of the elitists seem to be the, the real focal point. Last question for you. I've heard you talk about this before and we were talking off air about it first. There is a dynamic in people's, I don't want to say confrontations, but encounters with the IRS that's called the surrender theory, which is, you know what, whatever the IRS tells me, I'm just going to ride it because I don't feel like going through this. I don't, can't afford the extra bills to fight it. How much does the IRS bank on what we call the surrender theory? I, I think a huge amount because one of the tactics, particularly if you're dealing with somebody who's a lower trained audit agent, who comes in and they really don't know enough to know whether it's right or wrong, but they want to get something for their time. And so they would say, okay, John, we're going to disallow this amount of deductions. And you say, but why? You know, that's, that's totally right. Here's, here's my receipts. Here's everything. Well, we're just going to do it. And, and then you ask your accountant and the accountant says, uh, pay it. Why? Because that, that they got is just not worth the time and trouble and heartache for you or the fees to the accountant to fight it. It's just not there. So they get billions of dollars and they're going to get billions more, I believe, through this. They're going to be opening up their computer systems to where you, all of us have probably at one time or another received a notice from the IRS saying, you failed to report $812 of interest. And what do you do? Well, you look at it and you say, no, I reported it. What does your accountant tell you? Pay it. Why? Because you're fighting a computer and by the time it's over, <laughs> you probably have spent six months and you probably still settle with them. So just pay it, be done. They rely on that. They know it's going to happen. And it just shows you how absolutely corrupt the system is when you assess taxes, unfortunately. Now, what happens when somebody has to pay that? Oftentimes, they get even. So instead of reporting some income or, you know, the plumber who goes out now and he he says, John, I'll fix your uh, disposal. How much is it? Well, if you pay me cash, it's 250 bucks. If you pay me by check, it's 350 and he'll tell you he's not going to report it. So he gets even. He gets his money back that he got extorted by not reporting. So it just creates a bigger problem. And more importantly, John, to me, 
it creates more criminality because if you're if it's okay to disobey one law, where does it stop? Yeah, that's a great question. There's no doubt about it. That is the question we're all pondering this week, particularly when you see the raid on the president. So I'm all the different things we're learning about, the whistleblowers that are coming forward in these various federal agencies. Steve, real quickly, how do people stay in touch with all the good work that you do at Fairtax? Well, they can go to fairtax.org. We would love to have you join us. We'd certainly love for you to become a member and get our information. But there's a lot of data on there where you can find out more about the fair tax and also how to share this information with your friends and neighbors and how to confront your politicians with the question, why do we have such an insane tax system when we could have a simple fair tax put in place? Most common sense question I've heard all day today. (laughs) (laughs) Steve, it's a great honor to have you on the show. Thanks for all that you do. We'll get you back on because I know this IRS issue is only beginning to burble. It's going to be a big year of debate over the future of that tax agency. Thanks again for joining us. Thank you, John. I look forward to it. You as well. All right, folks, we're going to take a quick commercial break. We'll be right back after these messages. Delve into the shadows of the mind with Sleeping Dogs. A gripping murder mystery starring Academy Award winner Russell Crowe. Now available on digital. Crowe portrays an ex-homicide detective, unraveling a brutal murder he can't recall. Uncovering secrets from his past, he learns a chilling truth. It's best to let sleeping dogs lie. Visit sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery to watch Sleeping Dogs, now on digital. That's sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. All right, folks, welcome back from the commercial break. What a really great show. Big thank you to Tiffany. Big thank you to Steve. Two very substantive interviews. I felt like I learned a lot on the IRS, and I really got to know somebody I'd never met before today, Tiffany Smiley. What a great personal story. All these people who served their country on the military front lines as the wounded warrior, family members, and now they're coming into public service a second, a third, a fourth time. It shows you how good America still is. Anyone who says this country's in trouble hasn't met all the good people who live in it day in and day out. I really believe that. All right, now, before we head into that weekend, and by the way, we're going to have a Saturday and Sunday edition of the podcast this week. I'll tell you who's coming up right after this. But as you know, I always love to introduce one of our extraordinary partners at Just the News. I mean, the reason we can do the journalism we do, break the grand jury story we did, the volunteerism, all the things that we do, the IRS stuff we talked about this morning, is because we have advertisers and sponsors and partners that support our work. So when people ask me, John, what can we do to make sure you keep doing your reporting and the great work that your Just the News team does? The only answer I can give is, you know what? Go take one of the products and the services of these great and go buy them. Let them know you support them and you appreciate that they're supporting us. They all have amazing, great products and services They're all transparent. They're all doing great products, and they create special offers just because you're a Just the News fan and a John Solomon Reports listener. So before we go into the weekend, you know I always have one of my favorite. We're going to be sipping wine this weekend. I know on the deck, 
My wife and I have a glass Saturday night as we look out over the, the yard and spend time with family and friends and laugh. But you know what can ruin it in about 30 seconds? You know it. You know, I know you know it. Leave that wine out. It spoils. It gets in the sunshine. Even if it's sealed, it spoils. And all of a sudden, the big bottle of wine on the big night is a disaster. Don't let that happen. You know why? Wine enthusiasts, my friends, they got a solution. They've got coolers for six to 600 bottles. They've got great gifts. You're looking for a unique gift for an anniversary, a birthday, just a thinking about you, or hey, let's just celebrate the end of summer gift. Well, Wine Enthusiast has an incredible lineup of accessories, glassware, furniture, of course, the refrigerators for the right storage of wine, gifts, and so much more. All you got to do is visit wineenthusiast.com. They're really good friends of this show. They've got great products. Don't let your wine ever spoil again. And there's a special offer you can do. If you want to find out what is unique to the Justin News, John Solomon Reports family, this is all you got to do. Text the word John, that's my first name, J-O-H-N, to 511-511. Really simple, John, 511-511. And you're going to get back a list of all of the special summer savings you're going to get just because you're in the Justin News family. That is a great deal. So go to wineenthusiast.com, then text the word John to 511-511-511-511. And all of a sudden, you're going to get special offers that no one else gets. It's big savings. Keep in mind, you, there could be certain exclusions. You may get an additional one text. And uh, if you have fees for your text, that may apply. And you can always... Text the word STOP if you want to opt out. But what great friends at Wine Enthusiasts. Don't miss out. Finish the summer in style with a cool, properly stored bottle of wine and some great gifts for your friends. And when you do that, if you check it out, text 511-511, the word John to 511-511, you're going to also be supporting our journalism. That I can't thank you enough for. God bless you for doing it. All right. I told you I'd tell you about the lineup. I'd be lying if I didn't deliver. So let's get to that before we start our weekend Great Saturday show. I've come to really appreciate this guy. David X. Sullivan, former assistant U.S. attorney in Connecticut, a really great, grizzled, experienced federal prosecutor, knows money laundering like Hunter Biden, knows how the prosecutors work in cases like what we just saw play out at Mar-a-Laga. David Sullivan's going to give us his take on the judge in the case, should he have recused? Why were the FBI doing this? Was there a better way to do it than a raid? You're going to want to hear everything he says because that is a really, really big issue. And this is a guy that spent 30 years making decisions just like this. You're going to learn a lot from David Sullivan. And then we're going to go all Arizona for the back end of the show tomorrow to leading candidates in Arizona. Blake Masters, now the nominee for U.S. Senate. A lot of people think he's going to knock off Mark Kelly, the Democrat astronaut who's uh, had that seat for a couple of years. And then Abe Hamada. You might not have heard of him yet. Young military veteran, amazing lawyer. He is the nominee now for attorney general, going to replace Mark Burnovich or trying to. A lot of people think he's going to walk away with that race. Very impressive man. Just like Today's interview with our good friend Tiffany Smiley, Abe Hamada is a very impressive, young, rising conservative. You're going to get to meet Blake Masters, Abe Hamada, back to back. You're going to get a sense of why Republicans in Arizona are getting excited, unifying, getting ready for the fall election. And then on Sunday, we're going to have a little more Arizona, a lot more. The amazing Lou Dobbs, he's up first on Sunday, followed by Kerry Lake, now the nominee for Arizona governor, the top of the ticket in Arizona, former journalist. I loved her work as a journalist. Now she's in the political realm. Energy, 
toughness on the border. You're going to love everything Carrie Lake has to say. Lou Dobbs, Carrie Lake, and then Congresswoman Claudia Tenney, great friend of the show. we got a lot to talk about with her. Amanda and I spent some great quality time with her. Such a cerebral member of Congress. We always walk away with news. Congressman Brian Babin, great state of Texas. I got to meet him a couple of years ago in Houston. Great guy. Comes on the show. Always get some common sense news from him. And we're going to wrap up with one of my old friends, former reporter at Fox, former chief spokeswoman for the State Department and top advisor to Mike Pompeo. Heather Nowert's here. She has some really strong comments. I'm not making this up. She got some really strong comments about why Joe Biden was trying to help Brittany Griner get out of Russia when there are other captives around the world that Joe Biden hasn't shown the same attention to, at least not publicly. You want to hear what she has to say. Very provocative, thoughtful comments. going to be really exciting. That is the weekend. Saturday, pretty cool. Sunday, pretty cool. If you're reading the paper, sipping on some coffee, having a glass of wine that isn't spoiled because you're using your wine enthusiast refrigerator, hey, dial in, listen in. We're going to have some real food for thought. Great, great guests. I'm so grateful. All right. Have a great weekend. God bless you. Thanks for listening. Thanks for supporting Just the News. Next week, we're going to break some more news on Mar-a-Lago. So come back and check out Just the News. We're not done with the reporting. There are a lot more facts to be had. Until then, may God bless you. May God bless this extraordinary country of the United States. Yes, you've been listening to John Solomon Reports, the podcast from Just the News. Folks, everyone knows the next medical crisis is just around the corner, whether it comes in the form of a pandemic or something much more mundane like a tick bite. You and your family need to be prepared. That's what we learned from this last pandemic, right? That's where the wellness company comes in. You know the wellness company. We have their great doctors like Dr. Peter McCullough on all the time on our shows. The wellness company and their doctors are medical professionals that you can trust. And the new medical emergency kits are the gold standard when it comes to keeping you safe and healthy, and most importantly, prepared. Be ready for anything. This medical emergency kit contains an assortment of life-saving medications, including ivermectin and z The medical emergency kit provides a guidebook to aid in the safe use of all of these life-saving medications. So you know what you're doing. From anthrax to tick bites to COVID and even the bioweapon like the plague, the wellness company's medical emergency kit is exactly what you need to have on hand to be prepared. Rest assured knowing that you have emergency antibiotics, antivirals, and antiparasitics on hand to keep you and your family safe from whatever the globalists throw your way. Go to www.twchealth/justnews today in order. That's twc.health/justnews and use the promo code justnews to save 10%. Hey there, it's Amanda Head, and I am thrilled to introduce to you my new exciting podcast, Furthermore, with Amanda Head, broadcasting weekly from sunny Los Angeles, California, and brought to you by the dynamic Just the News Podcast Network. On this fresh and engaging podcast, I delve into the latest news with a little bit of a twist, exploring the furthermore of every story. But this isn't your typical run-of-the-mill news commentary or politically charged program. I interview a diverse range of guests, including business leaders, entertainers, musicians, educators, experts, politicians, and many influential figures from both the United States and around the world. So why not make your Mondays, Wednesdays, and Fridays a little more interesting? Tune in on your preferred podcast platform and discover furthermore with Amanda Head on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. And don't forget to hit that follow or subscribe button and be sure to download the latest episodes. I can't wait to have you join me on this exciting journey.